and welcome to the Sharjah Talks business podcast series brought to you by the University of Sharjah. My name is Professor Dima Jamali and I'm the Dean of the College of Business Administration at the University of Sharjah. It's my pleasure today to bring to you a great colleague and a pioneer dean, Professor Hairulugu Okando, the Dean of the College of Communication at the University of Sharjah. He's our first guest in our podcast series, author of several books, journal articles, academic publications, and a great fundraiser who has brought over a million dollars in external research grants from the UK and from Qatar. Professor Hairo, it's such a pleasure to have you with us in the Charger Talks Business podcast series, and uh, it's an honor to have you as our first guest speaker and to open this, kick it off with you. So I want to start with a question about the technological innovations, and we know how much they have impacted the higher education landscape and transformed the focus on digital literacy and practice. So the question is, what are you doing to bridge the gap between theory and practice in the way we teach communication in your college? Thank you. The honor is all mine to be able to share some of the ideas here in this uh, brilliant new podcast that that I think is going to bring a lot of uh, interesting ideas. One of the main things that are happening in an area uh, like communication is that from being part of our life, something that 30, 40 years ago we did in our free space time. We went back home from work and then we watched television. We waited to get home to somebody call us or going to the office for, to pick up the phone, you know. We occasionally listen to the radio in the car. Now we go to a, a, a situation in which the media is present 24 hours 7. We're watching a screen. Uh, anybody who checks their screen times or their mobile realizes they have spent 10 hours, 9 hours, and say, where did my life go, <laughs> you know? So the media is now an intrinsic part of not only part of our life, but all of our lives, all the time. We, we get married in front of, um, of course, of front of mobile phones um, recording the, that wedding. We go, we have a birthday with the people um, also recording there. We're watching or listening podcasts while we're in, in a gym doing exercise or cooking. And this means that we have to think of the media not as this leisure set of tools that we use in the past to distract ourselves, but something that now is an intrinsic part of our life. And I think in that sense, this huge transformation has not necessarily reflected in the educational institutions. We are still lagging behind in general in the way we have adapted these um, technologies into the, our daily teaching and delivery, but also in terms of our assessment and in terms of our um, engagement with research. So we have uh, a big challenge, particularly the College of Communication. You know, uh, I remember I come from a large family. We have several brothers. Most of my brothers are medical doctors, um, like my mother and my father were medical doctors too. 
And when I said to my dad, I'm going to study media, he said, what? <laughs> he was very surprised. He was like, but this is not really a serious thing. Are you going to spend the next four or five years studying something like that? I said, yeah, practically, yeah. And now today it's become one of the most important areas, for example, to explore the daily life of human beings, what we do. Media is in business. Media is in medicine. Um, I, I, you know, we're just, uh, we were just talking with a a health corporation here in Emirates to start looking at, uh, for example, virtual reality and training of medicals um, through doing this type of stuff. So um, we we had to rethink also in terms of, of the media. In in terms of our own college, um, we, we have a very good, solid college. My predecessors have done a great job. We have the only PhD program in communication in, in the uh, United Arab Emirates because of my predecessors have done a great job. But to be honest, we were a bit, or we are a bit behind. We are now starting to catch up with some of these technologies and integrating them not into, into new areas, for example, augmented reality, virtual reality, things that we need to teach, which is not only re the realm of, um, of uh, computing science with uh, Professor Aves in computing, they're also the realm of sociology, of history, of heritage, of museum studies. And this is the things that we need to start looking at more integrated. So some of what we're doing in the college is trying to integrate and to go to, to undertake the approach to these technologies in a more interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary um, approach. We are developing with business a new, very exciting masters in uh, media entrepreneurship and digital innovation, which is like really promising in this. And this is part of the innovations that we're trying to do in terms of delivery. But we also have to embrace the way we teach. We need to uh, stop thinking that the elect that we have to teach in the traditional way of going to lecture, uh, uh, delivering all what we read to the students, which sometimes nowadays they're like just watching their mobile phones. To be honest, not really putting attention on what you're saying. And we need to think, okay, how can we teach in a more creative, integrated way? And this is what we are, and we have the technology. The University of Sharia has in, made important investment, for example, in smart screens in which we can integrate Twitter. Why not have students tweeting while you're teaching and having discussions there? Uh, or other ways of integrating this. Why don't, can't we integrate, for example, virtual reality to, to take students in the class to other places? Like if you're talking about like propaganda or something like that, why don't they take them to a tour in, you know, in, in a certain place in Germany? In the 1930s or 40s and see a rally from inside. So making these things and this innovation is part of the challenges we have. We are we, we still have to do a lot more in the college and we take will hopefully do that in the next few years. But I think we're in the right direction. We we are we we need to catch up, we need to integrate these technologies better. And we need to understand that these technologies are not just a marginal part, but an integral part of what we do. We need to stop thinking of, oh, I'm going to put something in Blackboard just so the students know and, and remember to say, I'm going to use Blackboard as part of my teaching that day. What can I do with the technology in Blackboard that can enhance my delivery, that can make students understand better what I'm, we're trying to do, and that they can grasp from them the type of skills, transferable skills they need to increase their employability or entrepreneurship in life.
Very spot on. Thank you. This was amazing. And I couldn't agree more that classical teaching is uh, obsolete by now, that we really need to reinvent the way we teach, we educate. This is a common challenge that we have. The technologies at the heart should be integrated at the heart of everything we do. To be able to impart the, the right set of skills to our students, futuristic skills. And on this note, I want to ask you about what are exactly the skills that you are focusing on in your college in this age of social media, digital media, data analytics, AI? What kind of skills you look to hone in order to prepare your students to thrive in the future job market? That's a brilliant question. And, you know, I, we will need a, a single program just for that. But let me just start saying something very basic. I, I, you know, traditionally, when you talk uh, in university level, when you talk about um, curriculum development and syllabus development, um, you always thought about two main things, you know, employability and the second thing was uh, transferable skills. You know, we always talk about like core uh, skills, what are the learning outcomes, learning objective, and then uh, what from those learning objective and particularly learning outcomes, what would the students extract to use to improve their employability. Thankfully, we are now talking in the university the language of entrepreneurship too. So it's no longer to tell the students, get a job, get a traditional job of nine to five. Why don't you do your own initiative? And it's just, again, part of the new initiative that our, both of our colleges are taking. I think this led us in the College of Communications to think, what is the most single important skill that we teach? Well, from a philosophical perspective, is the ability to learn how to learn. And I think that's the most important. Technology is changing so fast and, and it's transforming our life so quickly and so suddenly that, uh, that, uh, that, that what the students really need to learn is how to adapt, how to learn to adapt how to, how to uh, be able to become lifelong learners, to provide to them the incentives for them to be curious the rest of their life, to make sure that they're all the time updating the skills. I remember very sadly many years ago when I was teaching in Britain, I was walking down my, my office and downstairs, it was the end of the year, some students were going away and they were in, in, the, in, in one of the boards, they, all the students were selling their books. And, and one of the students were pinning, she was pinning the, 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 the like little ad, like I sell all these books for a cheap. And I said to her, do you think you're not gonna read these books the rest of your life? I mean, some of the books you're gonna have to carry the rest of your life. You will need to consult it. And why, it, like in, in, in medicine, for example, no students of medicine will ever think selling their uh, Jane's endocrinology book, because they know they're gonna need that, even if it's an old edition for the rest of their lives. So why these students were selling that book? And sadly, this was a reflect on the sta static labor market that we had 20 years ago. I'm talking 20 years ago. I've been in land <laughs> a long time. And now we don't have that luxury. Now the students don't have that luxury. Now the students, what they need to have is to say, okay, what is the next technology that is coming? And how am I preparing to set myself to that technology? Let, let me put you an example. 
20 years ago, we were teaching students in media in the advertising area to say, okay, the, the way you make money is you do an ad, you sell it to a company, uh, and then you get 30% from the newspapers uh, as a commission from that sale or you sell the, uh, you do a really nice creative art, you have like creative strategy, market strategy, creative strategy, media strategy, and you sell this media, and then you get 30% of discount. Guess what? That doesn't exist anymore. That model completely disappeared. You know, Google doesn't give you uh, 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 advertising. Uh, actually, Google's revenue is now disappearing. They're in decline. So what is the, how do you make money? Ah, you're making money in different ways. You're making money, for example, creating a prosumer, a creation of, uh, in, in TikTok. How do, do the students know how to monetize those things, how to make those things as viable enterprise? And this is, and, 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 and if you ask me six years ago, six years ago, that people would be making money just by talking nonsense for less than 30 seconds, I would say you're crutch. That uh, No way people are going to make money that. And now they're making money with that. So what we really need to teach the media students is how to learn to adapt to changes. And I think that's the main characteristic. Of course, there are other skills. If you ask me as a, uh, as a teacher, because really we are all teachers, if you ask me what's the main thing you need to teach the students, I would say how to write. That's the most basic and important skills. I see a lot of the time that a lot of the students graduate and they don't have that strength in the writing. If you ask me what, more than the cameras, more than the software, because those are things that you can learn yourself very quickly, but the ability to, to provide good stories, to storytelling, that's something you cannot buy. That's something that you can spend all your life. I've been attending the uh, Sh uh, Sharia book fair, which by the way, has been brilliant, fantastic. And one of the things that are really captivating is how this marvelous people can create stories like that, in which are engaging, which are relevant, which really cut the, uh, cut, cut the, the attention of the public very quickly, both children, young people, old children. I mean, one of the things I'm, I'm, we're trying to make a lot of emphasis in, in the college now is storytelling in Arabic. Because sadly, you know, a lot of the new generation of Arab students don't have a good grasp in Arabic, even in our Arab program. They're, uh, so we're trying to introduce more storytelling, more uh, writing in Arabic. They have the English, but they don't have. And guess what? The Arab world is a huge market for media content because most of what he has produced in podcasting, etc., is in English, but not uh, the Arabic is a huge market. So we're trying to work on those things. But again, I will insist the most important skill is the ability to learn how to learn. And I think that's what we're trying to make emphasis on. I couldn't agree more, and I'm really fascinated by your answer and your energy. It's contagious, brilliant. So, yes, we've been talking about classical skills, oral communication, written communication, leadership initiative, but there is a whole new set of skills revolving around creativity and originality and critical thinking and lifelong learning coupled with agility and resilience. I think this these are the sorts of skills that all the colleges are now trying to integrate and trying to really embed within the curriculum and as part of the preparation for students. But which brings me to my next question to you, Dean Airo. And my question is employability. This is something that we are like kind of like obsessing about now in all universities, in all colleges. And it's a common challenge because 
it is not enough to graduate students uh, with the background, with the technical skills, but we want to make sure that they are ready to uh, kick in uh, the the world of work uh, with complete confidence and agility, as you're saying. So what more can we do in education to enhance employability? What are you currently doing? What do you anticipate to do in the future to improve this specific area, employability? And I know University of Sharjah is making this a key focus for the next uh, short period. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to start with a little philosophical point in terms that um, uh, citing, a, 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 I think he was British, I'm not sure he was from the US, Arthur Cole, um, Richard Bach, and he wrote uh, Johann Sebastian Siegel. And it was a very nice book, short book I read, I don't know, almost 35 years ago. And it was a book about a seagull that is part of a you know a group of seagulls in the beach. And this seagull starts, uh, instead of um, uh, doing what the rest of, of the seagulls were, which was like just diving into the water and fishing and eating for that day, the seagull starts, instead of thinking like, I'm not really interested in this. I'm interested in like learning better techniques to fly. And this seagull, uh, follow me, I have a point. <laughs> I'm following. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so the seagull start thinking, I'm going to, instead of focusing on this, I'm going to focus on learning better techniques, new techniques, innovating uh, the, my flying techniques instead of like fishing. And the rest of the seagulls start like mocking at him and say like, oh, Johannes, you're a dreamer. You're going to, uh, you're going to, uh, you know, starve your death to death. And effectively for the first few weeks and months, um, while the other ones were fishing and eating, he was hungry and almost dying because he had dedicated so much time to uh, developing his technique that he missed a lot of the fish and he was not uh, eating so f- uh, enough and etc cetera, etc cetera. but what happened one day is that after fishermen had took a lot of the fish the other seagulls start having problems because there was not enough but because johann sebastian figo had developed all this technique he could dive from further up and deeper in the sea, he was able to catch bigger fish, and he actually secured a better living for the rest of his life than the rest of the seagull. And I think this is what we need to internalize in the university, and this, with the story of Johann Sebastian Siegel, is that we cannot obsess just on the uh, skills that will give them the job tomorrow. We need to think about that the experience of the journal- of the uh, students in the university should be a meaningful experience that gives them a different attitude for life, including the fact of, if I don't find the job, what is the alternative? What can I create instead? What are the options I have to do this? What are my own skills to recognize? The, it's a, the university experience has to be one that also creates a, 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 a self-esteem, um, that creates ati- different attitudes. So I don't think that as a, journal, as a university, I would be very careful to say, oh, we need to make all this emphasis on just the skills and that's gonna give them a job tomorrow because these skills come and go. They literally come and go. You can teach people. I remember five years ago, everybody was saying in media studies at least, oh, you need to teach coding, coding, coding. Sorry, this was like eight, nine years ago. Coding because HTML, HTML, everybody has to learn. Guess what? Then we had software that did it automatically. So that 
coding was not necessary. Uh, and what we discovered is instead what we needed is people how to use those software to do the type of critical analysis that we needed. So I think that what the universities needs to do is to make sure that the experience of the university is a comprehensive, holistic experience in which when the students come out, they have a different attitudes to life. One of the things that we're doing in the college is making, for example, lots of emphasis in internationalization. We just activated two MOUs with well, the University in France, the University of Poly, uh, Juan, who Polytechnic University in France and the University of Malaga in Spain. We're doing this uh, agreement with Barcelona. We're uh, talking to a university in Canada to make sure that our students, I mean, I, I see I, I dream for the days in the next three or four years in which 20, 25 percent of my students go abroad for one semester at least. This would be a transformational uh, process because that changes the attitude of life. Even if we get other uh, 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 experiences, we, we're trying to get, I mean, Professor Dima, you're doing an amazing job. You organize all these events. Now, the power of these events that you organize, I'm very envy. You can see me green because Professor Dima organized all these events with all these leaders of the industry, etc. What do you think it does? It inspires the students. They go there, they see these people doing things, and then they immediately think, I can do those things too. And this is what we need to do in the university, more than the uh, concentrate on the on the employability. And we, I agree, we need to we need to deliver good, excellent um, uh, uh, employability skills. Let's no doubt about that. But that's not the most important part. The most important part is that we inspire them, that they find when they come back, they say. I am inspired. Now, when I look, and this uh, it's not me, there's several studies who have done this in average. When you look at the, for example, big universities in the world, Harvard, MIT, Oxford, Yale, what is the common thing? It's not the type, and I, I'm going to be very respectful with these big universities. I have I taught in Northwestern. I taught, I, ha I taught at least in three or four top 100, top 80 universities in the world. And nobody's going to tell me, nobody can tell me that mo a lot of the colleagues over there are better or worse than the colleagues over there have here. The difference, my colleagues here tend to work far more. <laughs> uh, okay. But I, I have nothing but respect for my colleagues here. They do an amazing job. But what's the difference? That the students in Harvard, Oxford, in Cambridge, and wherever they go, they have that thing that they feel special. So when they go out of the world, they say, with, you know, sometimes we're a bit too much arrogance, but, but with an attitude to say, I can do this, I can set my company. And they go and they get this great job because they go for an interview, you know, they, and this is proved by all business studies research. They go to the interview with this positive attitude, this very secure attitude, and this, the people on the other side says, this is the person we want. They look sugar. And that's what I say. The most important thing we can do in the university is to inspire and to create good attitudes, uh, positive attitudes, self-confident attitudes uh, in this university. Particularly, and I, I'll be, you know, I'm an open feminist. I don't hide that. I, I'm, you know, my mother was, I mentioned my mom, my dad, but really I was, a, 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 my, a, my mother was a single mother. She raised us brothers by herself. And 
One of the things that we are very privileged in the College of Communication is that the majority of our students are women, are young women. And what we need and we want to do with them is to, 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 to put in their, their minds this attitude that they can do, that they can do in the world what, they, what they, their abilities and their capabilities are there for. So I think uh, for us, uh, for me, particularly in the college, the most important thing we need to do is to make sure that, yes, we deliver the skills, but that we change their mindset, that we help them uh, 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 embrace the future with an attitude that is positive, that is constructive, and that is in the give them the secure uh, security to say yes, I want to try, I want to, I want to succeed. But in, and if I fail, I will stand up again and I will continue my journey to my future. This was really brilliant and spot on, and it really captures the fact that everything we hold true about higher education and universities is changing, is being rethought and reinvented. And it's amazing to share your deep insights. It's clear that you have thought about this and that it is uh, something that is part of your bread and butter every day. And I agree with you that it is well beyond employability. It is well beyond imparting the right set of skills. No matter, that is important for sure. And uh, all colleges are trying to do this. And I think uh, we need to go well beyond by, ins as you said, like instilling the self, a sense of purpose, uh, inspiration, uh, confidence, uh, attitude that I can stand on my feet and, you know, uh, survive and be resilient and, uh, you know, face everything, all the challenges that are coming. Thank you, Prof. Hairo. This was extremely interesting and rich episode. You took the conversation to a much deeper level. It is well beyond employability and a focus on skills, but it's about changing the mindset of the student, the attitude of the student, giving them a meaningful experience, giving them the confidence and the resilience to face future life challenges. And this is exactly what we're trying to do at the University of Sharjah. And I'm immensely thankful for this great, meaningful episode. And uh, I'm sure there are lots of interesting takeaways for our listeners. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> I want to end by asking our uh, listeners to subscribe to the next podcast. Uh, we will have an amazing guest speaker and somebody who is a game changer in the world of business, academia, and entrepreneurship. So see you soon, hopefully. 